Welcome everybody to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast. This is episode 103 with Eric Duchel of Seattle Seawolves, who play in Major League Rugby, which is, if you don't know, professional rugby here in the United States. And so with such a, I guess, uncommon background for rugby, we got into Eric's rugby journey, how he found himself uh, where he is now, playing for Seattle, how he built himself to be the player he is today, um, mistakes that he's made and lessons that he's learned from that. And then we go into um, a deep dive into what his actual training week looks like currently. And both parts of this episode are really insightful for players that are, have either gone, are going through a similar journey to him and they're trying to make the best of themselves or just players that are sort of struggling with their rugby training in season because he gives a lot of insight into how how he really does think about all of the actions that he takes um, in order to achieve certain outcomes, whether that's be the best rugby player that he can be or just be a happier dude. And like, I can't tell you, you're going to find out by just by listening to this episode. He he comes across as a really positive guy, really inspirational, and it's not just woo-woo. He really puts into action the stuff he says, and I think that you will find this episode extremely valuable. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. This episode 103 with Eric Duchel. All right, guys, so we are joined today by Eric Duchel of the Seattle Seawolves. Eric, how are we doing? I'm doing fabulous. Had a great morning routine, had a great training session, and I'm on a high right now. You're on a high right now? That's yeah. awesome. And you, you said you're heading your way to a float tank? Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a sensory deprivation tank at 4.30. Nice. And so um, for those that aren't clued in, do you want to give us a quick preview as to what that involves? Yeah. Sensory deprivation tank, it's, uh, it's really an isolation tank, and you're put into a pod filled with Epsom salt, so you're completely buoyant while you're in there. You're floating, and it's about two feet deep. There's no audio. There's no light. You're just in there floating, and after a few minutes, you feel like you're just in this the soup of the universe Mm -hmm. because you're just like a suspended out there and you kind of, uh, and it's body temperature as well. So it's hard to tell where you begin and the water begins. And they, they call it like being in the womb. Ah, yeah. I've never heard it been referred to like that, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And it's, so it's very nurturing. It's very introverted because you know, you can't reach for your phone no one can ask you for questions. And the best part is it's something you scheduled so you don't feel guilty that you're not available to other people because this is the appointment that you have with yourself. Hell yeah. Um, I love that approach. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. It's like it's like, stero- or it's like meditation on steroids. Yep. H- how long have you been doing that for? I've been doing it for about four months now. Every week? Um, every week. During the off season, I went every single day for a month straight, and that was some radical transformation. Um, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So Eric, as I've already said, plays for the Seattle Seawolves, the current reigning 
ML are Major League Rugby champions. So yeah, and actually, um, you got you 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 made the MLR uh, team of the week as well. I, I saw this week. Yeah, I did. Um, for me, as a congratulations, player, it's the greatest honor. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. So, um, I guess I want to kind of get into your background and how you, and and your 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 rugby journey in general. But uh, before we get into that, I want to sort of we'll do the whole you know those movies where they tell you the ending right at the start. So I just kind of want you to explain what um, what Major League Rugby is to our non-US listeners and sort of give a brief explanation as to what um, not necessarily a day looks like, but what you know your life is like as a as a pro rugby player in the in the United States. Okay, well, you know. In most major rugby countries, it became professional in the early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. And in the U.S., it became professional in two thousand and eighteen. There's finally enough momentum and enough of a community that wanted it, where it happened. Mm-hmm. And so now we have this major league rugby. There's nine teams around the country. Um. Our team had the highest ratings on CBS Sports. And, you know, we compete with base, like MLB, WNBA, and so for for those games that were on there, we had the highest ratings last year, and that's incredible. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So there, there's definitely a lot of interest, and the Seattle SeaWolves have the biggest fan base of all the teams. Of course. Of course. <laughs> winning does help that but also Seattle is a pretty sports mad city yeah that's what I've heard all of their teams they go nuts for right yeah they do the Sounders their, their ML their soccer team MLS mm-hmm. uh, the Seahawks and yeah everyone's even excited about the new hockey team that's coming here next year yeah yeah I've heard it's just if you if it's one of the great American sporting cities. So yeah. to play rugby there must be a dream, man. It is. Like, my original dream was to be a professional athlete, and I feel really blessed. I'm very appreciative and grateful that I landed in, in a city that loves me just for my sporting ability and us trying to pursue excellence on the field. It's really special when people love you for any reason. And so doing it, getting it for doing something I love is, is just the best reward. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Um, and so then now that we've given the, uh, the ending of the story almost, or, or where we're at now, let's dial it way back and, and discuss like how you got into rugby in the first place. Cause obviously as we've already sort of alluded to, rugby is a fringe sport here in the United States. And, um, you know, it takes a backseat to the other major sports, your uh, your footballs, your basketballs, and your whatnot. So how did you end up in, in uh, playing our beautiful sport of rugby? Yeah, so it actually started my senior year in high school. I wanted to prepare for college football. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play a sport, and it was... I was deciding between either rugby or lacrosse. Never had heard about rugby, but someone approached me about it. They wanted to start a team for our high school. 
I checked out this 2003 World Cup highlights. Nice. Yeah, we just popped in a VHS after school one day, and I watched the New Zealand All Blacks, and everyone always talks about them with rugby. And they just, they were amazing. It was spectacular to see guys playing offense and defense, such a free style. Um, yeah, it was incredible, especially compared to lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He definitely made the right choice there, dude. <laughs> yeah, so my senior year, played my first season of rugby. Um, we founded, started the team in my high school. And I had the honor of being the captain that year. And I just, I was so good at it. I, got, I became an all-star. We got to travel up to Canada to go play um, the Ontario All-Stars. We won. I got man of the match. And they took us in, like the families of the kids that we beat, we got, we stayed with them, they hosted us, they threw us a party, and I'd never been exposed to that kind of camaraderie. Um, yeah. What you could, yeah, opponents. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I fell in love with, love with the sport at that point. And then I uh, went to college, started playing for the Air Force Academy, um, football or rugby? Started I started initially with football, mm -hmm. but I had an academic scholarship, and my grades were not that great. <laughs> so I ended up switching to rugby because they just demanded less, and to be good at it was was easier for me. Yeah. So I switched, um, focused on on rugby full time, and do you want me to go through my from that point until now, yeah. Keep, keep give it just just overview. Like, if there are any big bigger milestones there, because you went from there into the Air Force, right, while still playing. Yeah, so I was in college. My freshman year made the collegiate all-star team. My sophomore year, uh, we did not do so well. My junior year, I tore my PCL, lost that entire season. And then my senior year, we made it to the Sweet 16, and we lost to St. Mary's, who ended up taking second overall. So mm -hmm. it was, you know, my my rugby career at that point, you know, I didn't receive very much success, but, you know, I got All-American honors. I, uh, I got recognized, but there was still, like, a lot that I wanted to achieve. So wh like, where did you find the struggles there then? So in, in terms of what you wanted to achieve, you mean you wanted to get like Ameri Eagles caps or you wanted to get a contract or, or or offers from overseas or anything like that? Talk to me about like that frustration. Yeah, I wanted one to play. Like I, I couldn't understand why I was getting hurt so much. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of plays into my fitness background and the way that I was training. Yeah, but I didn't quite understand that at the time. For sure. Um, and and winning, like these guys were my best friends, and it was difficult to you really want to win together, and it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't see how my behavior, my lack of showing up, 
was affecting the team overall. Like even if it was an injury, um, yeah, that was that was just difficult. Yeah. To, yeah. I mean, and guys that have gone through injuries, you know how like frustrating that can be. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I did the exact same injury, uh, PCL, and so. Yeah, it's not. It's I, actually I did my PCL. I've done both PCLs. So, so timeout so is. Right. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. That's that's interesting because they're like the rare, they're the rare ones. Yeah, I did it at um, different times both times. Hold on one second. I'm just gonna shut my dog up. One second. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Every now and again, the uh, Zena gets a bit excited, and so we can't help it. She doesn't usually interrupt podcasts. She usually interrupts in Instagram stories instead. Anyway, so where were we? So, yeah, PCL injuries. Yeah, they're a motherfucker. I did, like, very similar. Like, when I took my... I took a year off when I finished uh, high school or secondary school, where I'm from, before going to, before going to university to, to solely concentrate on rugby. And in pre-season, I, I tore my PCL. Yeah, it's... Um... And so, and, and I'm same thing, the frustration of, well, I, I thought I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing in order to be the best player, but all I seem to be doing is hurting myself. Yeah, man. And, and it's crazy now because I, I rarely get hurt at, at this higher level. Yeah. So that'll be a good little segue to go into then. So what did your workouts look like before? Like, did you have anything that you were trying to achieve before when you're in like college and stuff versus what your workouts kind of look like now? Yeah. So as a kid, I always read the Joe Weider magazines that my dad had. Uh huh. So, yeah. Like Flex. that's how a lot of us got started. Mm-hmm. And my, my grandpa passed it on to my dad and I read it. And so I was really into bodybuilding. Yeah. And I, I, you know, now as a rugby player, I realize how important fitness is, sprinting, um, body weight workouts, and that's what I primarily do now, mm-hmm. as well as explosion. But back then, it was all about how I looked and my ego. Yeah, because you, you sort of took the stance of, if I look better, then I'm surely going to play better anyways, because I'm going to have bigger muscles, and therefore, that's all I need to sort of work on. I mean, yeah, you're like, I'm intimidating. And people were afraid of me, and that they couldn't hurt me, but I was just hurting myself. Mm-hmm. And that's like 10 times worse. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, and did you, did you do much in the way of like speed work or any sort of fitness work back in the day, or did you just rely on natural athleticism and, and fitness to get you through it? You know, I, in high school, I ran cross country. Oh. So, yeah, I, I had, I was, I was between, I was 165 pounds my junior year. I, I ran cross country. I bulked up to 200 pounds in one year. Nice. And, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And, and I still kept running. So it was never a fitness or an issue with my fitness. When I went to college, I put on another 40 to 60 pounds, mm-hmm. but I, I stopped doing the, the cross-country endurance running. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I had never trained for it. I just 
played rugby and I was always good. But now I wasn't doing I wasn't getting the fitness that I was before, and I just I was just going off of raw ability, and I guess maybe my old whatever old fitness I did have, and yeah, that was just I wasn't guided right. Like I I made a poor choice in that. You you kind of did all you knew. Like you were looking for yeah the weight stuff because you knew that you needed the weights, and that led you to bodybuilding and, and we've had a few, you know, we've had, I, I mean, we've had, the number of guys that we have come through rugby muscle, um, and get used either using our programs or the coaching or whatever. And, and they've come from just a bodybuilding background cause that's all they've known. And they were like, well, hold on. This isn't, this isn't really, you know, I'm not lifting weights to put a thong on and, and step on stage, you know, with a, with a strange bronze tan. Like I'm lifting these weights so I can wreck fools on the rugby pitch, and so I don't wreck myself, which is one that is always overlooked. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so then, if you if you were to go back and change how you trained, would you what, what sort of changes would you make, and do you, and what sort of impact would you think they would have made to you as a player? Yeah, well, I would have done. A lot more body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I was very focused on on getting big quads, so I squatted a lot, I deadlifted a lot, but my core couldn't support my extremities. Yeah, and and I I, just, I had no idea about Pilates training or what that means. I, I had no idea about lower back rehab, shoulder rehab. I didn't even really know about proper squatting form. My, my knees used to buckle. I, I would rep 500 pounds with my right knee buckling inwards. Yeah. Never, never looked at it, you know, like never had anyone say anything. Um, yeah, so I would, I would have done a lot more body weight stuff because it doesn't take away from your strength and it won't make you a lot. It won't make you bigger, but it, it keep it makes you, solid yeah and that's that's key i mean i mean and it can it can make you bigger if you if you get it right but it's also more yeah when you're on a pitch you're not moving random weights you're moving your own body weight and the better that you can get at the skill of doing that yeah you'll be stronger and whatnot but that's more important for sure yeah um so i would have probably had a a mentor or at least have a, a real goal. I didn't have a goal. Dude, those are the two things that I always, like, those are the things that, are, that I lose my voice in saying, so I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> the, the mentor or the coach, someone that can look objectively and say, hey, I know you love, you know I, know, I know you love squatting as much weight as possible, and I know that makes you feel awesome, but is that benefiting you as a rugby player? Do we have to do that as much? Or, you know, hey, you need to put some weight on this bar because you're not really pushing this enough. I know that you think that you need speed and recovery, but at some point you need a bit more size. And sometimes it takes a mentor or a coach or someone just, you know, even just a, a leader teammate to objectively say that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I, and the, in the season, you should be focused more on endurance mm-hmm. and rehab if you want to be stronger and bigger, that's something you got to do in the off season. And 
a lot of guys take the off season as their vacation time. <laughs> yeah, and then they take preseason to make up for all the shit that they did in their off season. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's touch on that that one goal thing as well, actually, because that's like. That's the one other thing that I say until I am blue in the face is, you know, you, pe- most people just go to the gym and they just do shit because they see other people doing this shit. Whereas, you know, we've we've had a, quite a few guests on recently, and, and you know, a lot of a lot of the same stuff is coming out, like the, the anti-stress stuff and the picking a goal, the needs analysis. Like rugby, there are so many different avenues you can go down in the gym to improve as a rugby player, but you can only choose one. And so where people get lost is, you know, especially in this world of Instagram and CrossFit where there's a million different things that you can try. Well, actually, what do you need to do to improve in order to make yourself a better rugby player? And that's what question that people never ask themselves, but they really, 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 really have to. So to ask you, I'm going to put that on you. Like, what do you think your goal should have been when you were just pumping out all these weights on the deadlifts and the squats and the bench presses? Yeah. I mean, my goal now is to be a major league rugby champion, to be the most dominant tackler and ball carrier. Nice. To poach the ball and to be the best teammate I can be. Mm-hmm. So that 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 are my that's my goal now, and having set that, it's much easier to fill in. Like what I do day to day, right? Because everything that you do, you can then say, "Hey, am I? Is this getting me towards my goal?" Yeah. And so, like for example, you go into sensory deprivation. That's going to make you a better teammate for sure, because you're going to be recovered and and ready to train hard. And and I would say I wouldn't change myself back then. My my goal was really self-image. I had a low self-confidence i didn't know how to build that but i saw that muscle gave me a boost of confidence that i desperately needed uh-huh. and even though yeah, even though it wasn't the most healthy it gave me something i, I yeah. started getting respect yep and like even the smallest molecule of respect is better even if it's not the you know the healthiest style it's better than like feeling that low about yourself because if you feel that low you're, you're not going to do anything like you you won't you won't care about what you eat you won't care about anything but at least i had something i could be proud of and and so i built my goals around that and so my goals were to be the biggest strongest dude um to be very handsome and good looking and you know I was successful so i am happy with that yeah <laughs> Yeah. That was the problem. I didn't have good goals. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, like, you still had, essentially, you still did have goals, though. You still had things that you were working towards, even if they were the wrong thing. Like, that was time that you were putting in the gym, working your ass off. You were tra- learning how to work really hard. And that's, a, you know, that's a skill that some people never, never learn. They never learn how to work really hard. And so, yeah, even if it was for appearances. And also, side note, that is crazy. Anyone listening and anyone that saw the picture that we put up on the um, Instagram and actually the picture that will be going, go with this show. 
uh, your modeling thing in the desert will think it's insane that you had to go to the gym because you had a self-confidence issue. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, this stud? Um, No way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that part where with my self-confidence, I was really skinny. mm -hmm. I, um, I was picked on a lot and moved around a lot. And, and so that I didn't have a very strong image of myself. And even if you look that way to be able to, to take photos like that does take a certain kind of confidence. Yeah, for and, sure. And that, that took a, a lot of years to develop. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, looks can be deceiving. I, I've gone through a lot. For sure. But, um, it was worth it. It was, it's completely worth it. Absolutely. And you seem to be absolutely loving it now, man. So it's awesome. So what is a, what does an average training week for you look like? Uh, let's, let's go in season. So, um, maybe even this week or, or, or last week, what is it? What does it sort of lay out a training week? Because I wanted to get yeah. into what this MLR, you know, what, what is expected of a lot of people at, well, what is expected of you players that are trying to play professional rugby here in the United States. Yeah. So big difference between home game and away game. Uh, we had two away games this last couple of weeks. So I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Monday was a travel day and I get back land. The first thing I do, I put my feet up for 13 minutes to allow just all those toxins that are like settling down and get the blood circulation going again. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for a sauna. Like I, I went into the, the gym, I did a sauna, I foam rolled, and I did a manual massage. So I get coconut oil, and I just go through all the, like the banged-up areas, and I'll just massage it, break up the tissue and get the circulation going. So that's like my number one priority. Just like get everything flowing again. And at least you're kind of like assessing how bad is this elbow or how bad is the the ding on my knee. And even just by touching it and loving it and caring for it, it it speeds the the healing process up tremendously. Yep. Yep. It's known in the the literature actually as a compassionate touching. (laughs) <laughs> is a is a proven I'm, I'm deadly serious that is a is one of the key uh recovery modalities and you know we can we can use that as massage or whatever but yeah compassionate touching dude <laughs> so you so you get so you get back from your game and you compassionately touch yourself um. <laughs> <laughs> i swear by it like it, it is a game changer because one you're assessing your body to see where the damage is and two you're you're like kneading out any of the lactic acid, any of the, the knots, um, and you're doing it immediately. So I feel so much better the next day. Nice. Um, the day, so now we travel Monday back Tuesday, and we train with the team at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing we do, we do this kind of supple leopard program where we're stretching, just moving the body around. Uh, I, I do this personal program that I call the Herschel Walker. Uh-huh. And what that is, is it's 10 sets, five different movements. And I try to go for higher reps. So I'll do 
my standard version of that is 10 sets of 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, 10 pull-ups, 10 kettlebell swings, 20, 25 air squats. Nice. And I, that's kind of my standard. I, I time myself and I try to get that time faster. But as you become more advanced and, and you kind of assess your body, I'll mix up the push-up, like the five movements become, the first one just has to be chest or upper body pushing. Yeah. The second one is any kind of ab workout for reps. The third one, any kind of chin-up or pull-up. The fourth one, it's supposed to be a kettlebell, but I may do dumbbell snatch. Um, I may do anything similar to that motion. And then the fifth yeah, anything, one is, anything pulling, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the fifth one, you know, I'll do air squats. Sometimes I'll do lunges. Sometimes I'll just do 10 reps of 135 on the squat. Oof. But I, I end up doing 10 sets of five movements mm-hmm. covering each of those categories. And, I mean, man, it's the best because you – you're kind of listening to your body um, and, and working different things. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, and, and, I, and you're getting a shit ton of blood flow going through there. Like, you're moving and, you know, that that's going to be amazing to prepare you for the rest of your week, man. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And it's, it's not about beating your last time on that day. That That one is very much... It's slow. I'm listening to my body. Like normally, I do lunges, but my knee was bothering me, so I switched to air squats. Yeah. Um, or I was feeling tired. I didn't want to do 25 reps, so I ended up doing 10 reps of 155 on squat, and I was happy with that. Yeah. yeah. I like. I love that. That's really good. And again, uh, this is this is two days after a game, and so therefore, you know. I find it funny that a lot of people go, they go crazy. Like they play the game on their Saturday and then they go in on the Monday and they like, you know, they think, Oh, this is Monday. I've got to train as hard as you can, but you're still, there's no way you're not going to carry some of that soreness, you know, some of those knocks or whatever from that game on Saturday. So it'd be, it's a bit crazy to think that people go just two days removed from a game and they go as hard as possible. I think I love that approach of, you know, you use that, those two days yeah you can get back in the gym and you can do stuff but use that gym to prepare you for the rest of the week where you're really going to get better yeah cool um you have to do you have to be your own doctor you have Mm -hmm. to do your own self-assessment yeah Mm -hmm. and so i do that 45 minute workout did a 30 minute sauna um and then actually i did a 20 minute bike then I did the 30-minute sauna. Uh-huh. That's about a two-hour workout. Um, get in the nutrition, and then we train in the evening time with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday, today, I have off. So I spent about 30 minutes just doing some stretching, doing some yoga movements, doing uh, – I like to do high-rep push-ups and – I like to do uh, anything that's like just moving the body, getting my circulation going first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I went to 
Banya 5, which is a Russian bathhouse. And, yeah, <laughs> and the, the idea behind that is that place has the hottest, the best sauna you can go to. It's 240 degrees. And then you have this cold plunge pool, which is about 37 degrees. Nice. And, yeah, so I'll, I'll alternate between the hot and the cold. You do that for an hour and a half. I know most people don't have access to that, but I'm I'm lucky enough in here in Seattle that we have that. Yeah. Um, feel like a new man after that. That sounds <laughs> yeah. I, I, I bet I can't. Oh. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling refreshed just listening to that. <laughs> that's a um, but that's a decent like that's so good that having a real regulated sauna because that's one of the issues that I find with like public gyms and stuff is that. I'll go to a sauna one day and it will be like, just like lukewarm and not, not even necessarily because the temperature is not set. Right. It's just because 50 people in three minutes have gone in and out and in and out and in and out and they're holding the door open for each other. And I'm like, you do you, do you understand why we're, we're in this sauna? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a rant that's been tucked down there somewhere and been wanting to come out for a while, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Um, Especially Wednesdays. I do the bathhouse, hit Chipotle, go to Bulletproof Coffee, which is, um, you know, coffee with melted butter, essentially. Mm-hmm. Tastes fabulous. Then help my ex-girlfriend pack her car. So that's about 45 minutes of, of cardio. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, and um, you know, like 15 minutes of emotional. Good, um, yeah. Yeah. Discharge, you could mm-hmm. say. <laughs> and then um, and now I'm off to do the sensory deprivation tank, which is an Epsom salt bath, essentially. And and there's just a million benefits to that. But one of it is I, my muscles feel really supple afterwards. Like, I feel renewed. I feel refreshed. And by this point tomorrow, when when we start training again, I feel like, the game is behind me now and I'm like completely fresh for sure. And at the same time, I've done a lot of great, even just muscle movement. Like I, I did, I did some muscle work. And so now I'm like really attacking, uh, I, I guess my training, I, I can do that now. Um, for sure. so Thursday and Friday we train at 7am and then I'll go into the gym at 2pm. And that's when I'll kind of get my, I'll do more of the weightlifting stuff, like the the strength building. And then um, Friday, I like to cap my, my week off with uh, this air, aerosol aerodyne bike workout. And it's kind of like every week I do that to see where my cardio is and to kind of push the envelope. That's like how I get my cardio up to the, to the point where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll do one minute on, try to get as many calories as you can. I, right now I'm hitting at about 22, and then I'll do one minute off for mm-hmm. ten for ten cycles. Oh, that's gross. It is. It is hard. And if it on that aerodyne is 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 horrendous. Yeah. But that. But, but in a good way, man. In a good way, because that's what 20 minutes, and you have emptied the tank in those 20 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. And when I'm done, I know where my baseline endurance is. 
and I just go into the game with a lot of confidence because I'm like I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be, and that's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Would you do anything if you you're a little bit off? Mm, no, I would just observe it, and and maybe if I am off, I would ask myself why. Like, yeah, it's more so to do with sleep because you should get better or at least stay the same every week. Yeah, the amount of rugby that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. super interesting. Like I love the the analytical style of the whole week, you know. It's it's not just oh, I do this because I'm told I'm supposed to do this. I'm like you're really making a night and this is awesome. This is everything I wanted to for someone to say. It's like you you're going through your week and you're analyzing how you're making yourself better and how you're you know how everything that you're doing is really affecting you as a person and as a player. Yeah. Awesome. So now we've got what, you know, one more game away from the one day away from the game, right? Or are we still on uh, Friday? Yeah, so that's Friday. Um, I like to do that two days before because it is a pretty large demand on the legs. Yeah. Um, but but it doesn't it doesn't break you down like muscle um, like like lifting weights does. So yeah. Um, there is a routine here, right? And I'm not really looking to build a lot. I'm just looking to maybe just 2% growth versus 10% growth during the off season. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, I want to be consistent. And I love having these like metrics of like, if my numbers are really off on the air dime, I, I know it's, it's my sleep. You know, I know it's my nutrition. It's not, I should be hitting those numbers or at least be close to it. So it's it's pretty amazing to get a routine down like that, which I didn't have when I was younger. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and then, like, you're, you've, you're already, like we just said at the, at the beginning, you, you were in the, the team of the week. Uh, I believe you were forward of the week for the team. Like, you, you know, you're, you're not having to reinvent the wheel and – add so much extra strength or power or anything like that. You just need to keep pushing on from where you're already at. Yeah. And so it's not, it's a lot about just observing and adjusting. And honestly, the hardest part, the most critical part is just doing it. Like it doesn't matter if I hit the, the numbers or not. It's just going through the motion and doing it and being consistent. Like, I can't stress that enough. Yeah. I can have poor numbers, but I expose myself that to that kind of endurance. Mm-hmm. And so even though my body maybe didn't put the numbers out that I wanted, but it got the work in and maybe it just, you know, it needs a, another week because then the following week I'll see a, like a massive spike in improvement where maybe there was a dull week. I'm like, ah, why did that happen? But I stuck to it. And the week later, boom, I hit the number that I want. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, it makes sense now. Yeah, that's really important is that you don't beat yourself up when the numbers, like, you, you figure out. Like, it's not it's not that you're not a good person. Like, you haven't hit the, <laughs> the numbers because you suck. You know, but it's, it's true, though. Like, so many people, are, like, they get so annoyed at yourself, themselves. And I'm like, what are you, like, where are you gauging the importance of this stuff? Remember, it's all just feedback. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. All right. Um, so then we're on to. Are we on to. Are we still on Friday? 
Um, or yeah, not. so Saturday. Yep, the day before a game, if you're playing on the Sunday. Yeah, Saturday I'm going to do my, I think, really intense mobility stuff, mm-hmm. which it does fatigue me in a certain way, but it gets me really limber. Um, and it's kind of hard to describe. Like I, I worked with a special teacher that, that helped me put through this program, but it's just like 30 minutes where I go to absolute full range of motion and it's all body weight stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll do that. I'm probably going to look to do like a 5K erg or uh, maybe just catch some high balls or just work on some skills and we'll have a captain's run. And that'll be kind of my day for Saturday. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, it sounds like a good week, man. You live in the dream. You know, and it's funny you say that because I, I truly feel like, like this is my dream. And I'm, I'm just so content because there's nothing else that I want. And, and it's funny, like, when you get upset, you really have to ask yourself, like, why am I upset when I'm, I'm living my, my dream life? And I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, man, I, I got to let go of, of any anger that I have because it's, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. That's brilliant, dude. That's awesome. What a, and that's a, that's, I'll tell you what, that's a great note to finish this pod on, man. It's perfect. We've been a we've been a real happy podcast these last few weeks. We uh, we had a, a vegan vegan strength and conditioning coach Matt Dickens on the other week who just was all about you know hey everyone looks at sets and reps and stuff but what about just being happy <laughs> and a, a better and yeah. a good person? It's like yeah man absolutely um, cool. So where 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 can people find and follow this uh, this awesome rugby career and and you live in the dream? Yes. So I have a YouTube channel called Being Eric Duchelle. I have an Instagram, Eric Duchelle. And, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, we're going to try and get as many guys to follow you because it's, it's an inspirational story and it's awesome. You're doing all the right things, my man. It's 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 inspiring to see and it's... It's not only inspiring, like, it's not just inspiring fluff. Like, you're actually doing, like, really smart things to get you to where you want to be. You know, it's not, you're not just posting <laughs> motivational quotes, you know, underneath a picture of your ass in, in the mirror or whatever these <laughs> fucking social media people are doing these days. <laughs> but it's been great to have you on. Um, we'll resume this chat in about 20 seconds. Uh, in real time but in podcast land this will be two days so um, thanks everybody for listening and we'll uh, we'll catch you soon yeah cheers thanks Tom alright guys thank you very much for listening if you've enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast please go ahead and give us a five star rating and type a quick review it takes about a minute and it really helps us out a ton helps grow the show helps grow Rugby Muscle And in turn, we will be able to give you guys the best quality content, information and programs that we possibly can. If you're interested in any of that stuff, like the free physique nutrition video series or the TJ Shank Supplement Guide or the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, you can find them all at rugby-muscle.com or by going through my Instagram profile at tj.strength. Give me a quick follow 
And until next time, guys, I've been your host as always, TJ. See you soon.